The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. We're back. I'm back in actually in the office, which is weird for uh, Ryer and myself to be in the office at, on what's today, October the what? 28th. 28th, um, which I say that you leave tomorrow. I do. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. And Ryer, her Ryer, Clay is gone with Kip right now. And they're in Texas. Somewhere. In Texas. It's really weird. It's it's odd knowing like I've they're outside. Uh, they're they're a little bit outside of um, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Well, what I was what I was going to say is I've been a couple situations where I've been on the road. You've been on the road, and Clay's been on the road, or vice versa, or whatever. And someone's like, "Hey, where's where's Clay or where's Ryder?" And I have to be like, I'm "Really not sure." <laughs> <laughs> they could be anywhere. So it's one of those things to where this time of year, everything starts running together. And uh, and I kind of wanted to, I guess it would be a good idea just to kind of give everybody an update on where we're at right now in terms of what's going on. We've had some changes. Um, first thing we're going to talk about is we got a server. And uh, it, it it is and it isn't a server. For everybody out there listening, I guess you would probably consider it a server. So... Um, I figured it would be a good idea just to kind of give everybody a update on where we're at because we don't really have specifics on what we want to talk about, but uh, we're trying to keep the podcast kind of train rolling, trying to do one a week. It's really, really hard during the season, but um, it, but it's even rarer for us to have time to sit down in the office and uh, and do a podcast. So I figured, heck, why not? We'll do it. Um, we got the Instagram live. Got rolling. this. Yes. Yes. Please so. continue. I forgot to do that. I don't. Well, I was saying. Well, yeah, we have the. <laughs> I don't know how much there's to continue. We, on we that. have the Instagram live going. So throughout the podcast, if you have questions, let us know. We're going to try and either answer those as we go, mm-hmm. or we'll answer them at the end. Ryer is monitoring that. I've got notes. So uh, and then we have my phone doing the Instagram live. So far, we've got Brittany and Dylan headbust a turkey and Tim D Myers. Oh, oh okay. So, howdy. Send us questions if you got them. Interact. Make fun of Caleb. Please. Whichever Please. floats your boat. Or Rar. I mean, he's he's fun to make fun of, too. So. I don't really think there's a lot to make fun of about me. Um, Headbusta, is that chewing gum on your show, on your shoes? On mine? You got gum on your shoes? Do I have gum I on my shoes? No, I think, I think it's just some worn rubber or something. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I have chewing gum in my mouth. I probably should have not done that before the podcast started. Where's my coffee? Right. I just set it down. You've gotten up to get your coffee three times. Well, ADHD is a hell of a drug, this folks. This is one of those things. We can't. That's why we can't have nice things. Um. So the first thing, first thing I was going to talk about, just to kind of get everybody updated, is if you've been, if you've been following um, the Instagram. For Coke Creative and Redneck Tech, I can't remember 
well, we post on which one of them because Ryder does most of the posting, and when I post, it's like kind of an afterthought. Not a whole lot of thought goes goes into it. Ryder's the thoughtful one when it comes to those things. Um, so, <laughs> like that little amendment. What? <laughs> Ryder's a thoughtful one when it comes to those kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you've been following along, we got a server. It's not. It is a server, and it isn't a server. So it's called a NAS or a network attached server. When you think in terms of a what you know the quote unquote server is, that's something for like a huge corporation that they. I guess I mean I guess it is a server. It's just a very small scaled down version of what you would consider a huge server for like a big corporation like a Google or something. So essentially, what it is is it's a giant hard drive that attaches to our network, our network in this office. So there's a switch in one of the offices that all run CAT6 cabling to that runs back to the server, and that way we can all work off the same hard drive. Instead of everybody having individual hard drives like Skittles on our desks, which I should have, that could be a good picture for Instagrams, all the hard drives I just unplugged from my computer. Pretty sure Caleb had like... 27 hard drives attached to his computer. Yeah, a, he, a bunch. He was pulling them out like Russian dolls. I mean, I like didn't even know some of them existed. Yeah. And he's just pulling out all these servers from little or little hard drives, drives from corners and crannies of his office. He had like extension cords of USB just like yeah, ran all around the place. Right there off camera, you can't <laughs> see it, but um so essentially what it is is it got to be a really big issue when Ryer would be working on a project I shot, or I'd be working on a project he shot, or I would pick up where he left off, or Clay would try and edit something I was working on, or vice versa, for three people to work off of one drive that's on one computer, it just doesn't make sense. And then when you move it around, and then Ryer downloads a song or pulls a graphic, and he doesn't organize exactly like I do, or exactly like Clay does, Things get lost, and it creates a lot of time trying to track down those things, which project files which, you know, who's worked on it last, and then you're unplugging drives and plugging drives, unplugging drives, plugging drives. And we've got, I don't know, I need to go back there and count, probably, I think between all three of us and then what's in my shelf, probably 40 or 50 different hard drives that are that are literally just have a label on them. They're like, you know, you know Hunt Masters or, you know, Hunting Habit or whatever it is. And we essentially have to use those drives to store footage and then edit off of and then back up and then we have a cloud base. It's just, it's a lot. And the system that we had was working up until we've grown to the place that we're at. And so I wanted a solution and I've been looking for over a year at a solution that would allow us to all network off of one big drive Ryer can work off of it at the same time I'm working off of it, the same time Clay's working off of it. And we can work on up to 4K footage simultaneously and it not slow down. Okay, so I reached out to a company called Max Digital and I told them, okay, told them that's what I needed. You know, we're working video. We work some in 4K, not a ton. You know, every now and again we'll have a project. It's very rare that we're all three editing simultaneously. You know, that won't happen until late spring, summertime when we're really... Um, cranking on these shows. But um, this is what they told me I needed. So what we did is we got a QNAP server. Um, QNAP's a, a, a company that makes the NAS drive. 
And then we have, it's an eight slot NAS drive that runs off of 10 gigabit ethernet. So some of you listening might not know what some of these words are, or you might be lost, but essentially what it is, it's a network cable that we have ran through the office that's extremely fast. And it's faster than any drive that you can plug into the back of your computer that you buy off Amazon, really, unless you're running off of solid state drives. And essentially what we did is we put eight hard drives inside of this NAS drive. Now we can all work off of it and we can work off of it at the same time. So it's eight times 12 is what? Or eight times 16. What's eight times 16? Hold on. Yeah, this, you'll never have a calculator in your pocket all the time. You need to learn these things. I don't do math. Yeah, I don't either. I I, I can do math as far as it. So eight times 16 is 128 terabytes. So we have 128 terabytes of raw data that we can use. But we're not going to use all 128 terabytes because on that drive, we're running what's called a RAID 6 configuration. And essentially what that means is it's running this configuration that essentially makes it to where two of those eight drives can completely fail. Just crap the bed, stop working, and we would not lose any of our data. But that makes it to where thing is 96 terabytes we have 96 terabytes of usable footage so those whatever that 100 126 minus 96 so that 30 terabytes that we're not getting to use that 30 terabytes is essentially that floating data that makes it to where if two drives fail we don't lose any data so that is extremely important for redundancy and for backup but we're also going to have this data backed up in the cloud. We're still working on that solution. Well, we'll have it on another set of drives. And we'll have it on another set of drives cloud. too. So it'll it'll be in three places and one of those places is RAID protected. So essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to streamline our workflow even more so than it is. Because Ra and I have been editing off of it simultaneously the last two days. Haven't had any lag, any slowdown. It's been really fast and it's been really, really reliable i haven't had any issues yeah i haven't had any and we were working off at the same time he was working on some pretty highly compressed 4k and i was working off of none of mine was 4k um and we didn't have any issues scrub through footage is literally like you're sitting there with a drive plugged in but better because he's working off the same thing i'm working off of i mean and today we figured out a real nice solution for getting footage yep to and from I mean, it's kind of like getting footage to and from computers, but not really because the footage, well, no, because the footage we pulled was on a, so we're still uploading some stuff to the drive. Uh, We're working on kind of revamping our organizational strategy for the drive so that every, everything is pretty uh, streamlined there. Uh, So we still have some projects that are in their original drives that haven't been uploaded to the server and you needed a couple clips from a hard drive that was plugged into my desk. And before, in order for us to do that, I would have to pull them, save two separate copies to somewhere on my computer, and either uh, airdrop those to you. Uh, we've tried. We've had the computers connected through the network. Yeah, it's the just network, really slow. Um, but it's really slow. Uh, or I'd have to put it on a separate hard drive, like a little portable one, give it to Caleb, plug it in, and then he would take it. And uh, today, instead of doing that, I just created a temp 
files folder on the server. Um, I exported the two files that he needed directly into that folder, and then he could just go grab them and, and it put was them where probably, he needed. Probably under two minutes. We had everything we needed in the right places, and I was continuing editing. Never slowed down. Had a two-minute slowdown versus our old solution, it would have been at least a 10-minute process. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. Um, so one transaction, we saved eight minutes. You know, and you do that over the course of how many how many times are we moving footage like that? All the time. Every like, day. Um, yeah, almost daily. So you, you start condensing that down to you do that once a day, and you extrapolate that over, we've got eight Huntmaster shows, 13 Red Arrow shows, and then all the web shows. You extrapolate that over virtually six months of time spent editing. It's a hunt. It's a ton of time saved. And then you think about all, right, all that time saved. Well, what is what do we get to use that time for now? We can use that time for, during the right time of the season, sleep. Mental um, sanity. We can use that time for other projects. We can use that time for doing podcasts. We can use that time for whatever we want to use that Drinking time for. Drinking coffee, eating snacks. Yeah, so... All sorts it, of stuff. It really does start adding up. And now that there's three of us in here and we have a lot of clients, this it, it really, really helps us, but it really helps on the client side too because now our organ, organizational structure is going to be so much better to be able to find things. Now any of us can find things because it's all in one place. I don't have to say, hey, can you go on to my computer, go to this drive and find this folder? It's like I, you don't need to do that anymore because now my structure is your structure is clay mm-hmm. structure is anybody. You know, and it has a a uh, a cloud based way that we can go in from anywhere and pull footage for somebody. It it really makes it nice. Now, it is expensive. Um, it's something that I've been saving up for and been planning for. It's not a cheap solution. The most expensive part are the hard drives, sixteen terabyte NAS hard drives, NAS rated hard drives, are expensive. Um. So if this is, I mean, if it's just you and your one-man band, this is not for you. You can, you know, buy you a big hard drive and you'll be fine. But I've already had several of my friends reach out and ask me about it. I haven't, we haven't done an extensive enough test to give you definitively, like, our opinion, but so far, so good. I think once um, we have all three of us in the office editing some of our um, more data-intensive shows, I think, yeah. that'll, I think we'll really figure out how quick it is. Yeah, and I'm 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 looking forward to that. Uh just to kind of see how well it does. There's there's going to be only a few times. I mean, I guess probably over the course of the year, probably two or three weeks total where we would all three be here working and editing at the same exact time. But that's important because you think about three people editing, think how much work output that is. Um you know, it's a, it's a lot of work output, but it's also 96 terabytes, that's a lot of data. Um, but in theory, that's going to last us, I figure, three years. We'll have that full. Okay, so what happens when it fills up? Well, we have a couple options. It, either we start killing some of the really old stuff, the three-year-old stuff, or we get to expansion units. So it can be expanded up to three times that. So 96 terabytes times three, whatever that is. It's a lot. Um and as we start moving to more of the 4K and more shooting on the red some more, and now we're about to get the R5, which is what we're going to lead into next, those are going to be very, very data-heavy cameras. 
and we have to be able to have a solution that can that can attack that and be able to you know keep all that data to where we can use it um but it's it's in theory it's going to make our lives way easier i just like I, like Robert was saying i unplugged all my hard drives out of my computer my computer's literally sitting there with no hard drives plugged to it it's got a network cable plugged into the back of it and that's it um and uh just for the little bit of editing i've done on it it's been really nice um the next thing is the r5 we have a couple of comments from instagram oh, all right go ahead sorry uh the calling hunting tv said he loves the sign there's a story. oh thank you there's a story behind the sign isn't there just didn't you have it made um here locally no not this one the one oh. in the, the one outside okay. the one at the door the okay. wood one from I the door. I see. I had I can't remember the name of the company that made this one. I'd have to look it up. It was online. I looked it up online. But yeah, it was uh and it wasn't too terribly expensive. It was less than three hundred bucks. The colors change, don't they? Yeah, they do. It's right here. Uh oh. There we go. Blue, teal, purple, white, yellow, red. Red, red looks good. You like red? Is there an orange? Orange would be good for right now, this time of year. There is, I guess that one back there would be considered orange. I think it's actually got an option to where you can scroll through. Well, oh, that's brightness. Well, they're LEDs, so they've got to have a. Oh. Got to have two, RGB. Three, four, five. You like the red? Yeah. See, I'm not a. Not a well, it's Halloween. Scary, okay. evil. We'll leave it on red then. The evil Copeland creative sign. Um, yeah, uh, I like to come in here and change. Is that the brightest it goes? I feel like that's not as bright as it should go. Oh, yeah, it was as bright as it go. One, two, three, four, five. There we go. Yep, sorry. Devin Deegan Hart said howdy. 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 Winter Deuces. Productions joined. Howdy, Winter Productions. Um. So next thing I want to talk about leading from the server to the next thing is we ordered the Canon R5 August the 19th. It is now October the 27th. 8th. So, yeah, we're still waiting on it. Our Curtis Blosser posts his pictures of his every day and just rubs it in. He has his, and he's playing with it and shooting with it. And Austin Thomas, the guy that turned us on to it, buddy of ours in camp in Utah, he has his. He's playing with it, fondling it daily. We still don't have ours. And I'm kind of pissed about it, to be honest. Um, paid a lot of money for this thing. and uh, Through the busiest time of the year where we could have used it the yep, most. Yep, yep. Haven't had it. And I've, like, seriously debated canceling the order a couple times. But, like, I'm like now I'm committed. Now I've been, like, since August the 19th, it's like, okay. Like, no, I want this thing. I want it to be here now. I want it in my hands. I mean, I don't know, though, because Canon did come out with that seat. Yeah, but it was $2,000 more. I'd rather have the R5. Yeah. Either that or sell the red. Well, we can't do that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> yeah, so that's the update on the R5. Like, for selling we, the don't, we don't have it, still don't have it. When we do get it, we're going to talk about it, um, have some big plans on some cool stuff that we want to do with it. But as of right now, that's it. We don't have it. Um I'm upset about that. I really want that camera here because I've heard some really good things. Um, 
8K is kind of kind of dumb. Like it's not an 8K camera; it's a 4K 120 camera. That's Austin Thomas's exact words. He's like, "You don't buy that camera for the 8K; you buy it for the 4K 120." Um, which I mean, we don't shoot a ton of 120 anymore. I mean, most of everything we're shooting standard. You know, we're not shooting high frame rates as much anymore. I mean, there are times that we use them, like recoveries with Hunt Masters are going to be in high speed. But I think you, I think, I think people use it as a crutch. We've talked about that. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail. But um, the next thing I want to talk about, I'm kind of, I got these out of order. Under in my production notes. says that everybody is waiting on them. Looks like online. Yeah. And. He's waiting for our review before he buys it. So well, I called B and H yesterday, and they said one to two weeks is when it's but he said they're getting them very regularly, but they are still fulfilling pre-orders. And I was in the pre-order. I was after the pre-order, and I said, "How confident are you in that one to two weeks?" And he said, "I'm just telling you what Canon's telling us." So not very confident. <clears throat> I'm not going to hold my breath. I I have very little faith in but camera you know, companies but I, being I do, timely. I do know when it will come. When, when I'm we're dead, done. no. When I'm dead center in the middle of a trip and I'm gone, I haven't. It's no use to me. <laughs> That's when I. This one it'll come. Um, Maybe so, I'll be here. Maybe I'll be the first one to yeah, play with it. That'd probably be my luck. Um, <laughs> the next thing, and I want some of you guys out there that have more knowledge about this than me. The next thing that we're looking at investing in, this is probably going to be springtime is spring, summer, definitely before September next year. We want to buy a Sprinter van. Um, we want to convert a van into our mobile office when we're traveling. Um, we want to you know, do something simple like just a bed, and a little desk, and tons of storage for... Because like when I drove back from my 33 days in September, oh man, that would have been so nice when... I was driving up to Dudley's and with Dudley to have that for one of us to sleep, one of us to drive. And when Ryer and I drove, uh, where was that long trip mean you went to? When? Oh, just the other day when we went to Illinois. Oh. It would be nice to have then. Yeah. And when me and Clay were going to New Mexico. I mean, I could have used it many, many times. And uh, we're wanting to build one or buy one or, I mean, I don't know. I'm open to anything at this point. But I mean, we've looked at the Mercedes ones. They're really expensive. And to buy a four-wheel drive one, holy crap, they're so expensive. So open to suggestions on that. I'm not a huge Ford fan. Um, and the Dodge ones are ugly. So I don't know. I don't know what to don't know what to do on that. But that's our next that's my next big purchase, I think. Don't tell my wife that. Oh, and finishing the upstairs studio. That's gonna be the, the big that's reveal. That's gonna be sweet. Yeah, they're coming tomorrow to look at that. Oh really? Yeah. So we've got to have a permanent place for Redneck Tech. This. Yeah. So, so we this won't have to kinda deal with this terribly awkward framing. Redneck engineer it every time. Yeah, we have <laughs> currently in order to get this yeah. live set up, we have how how much was this set up? How much do you think this setup cost us? <laughs> a lot. I how mean much? if you had give me the- a number. How much money is supporting that that phone right now? Sixteen hundred plus twenty bucks. Sixteen twenty. <laughs> we've got we've got a six sixteen hundred dollar tripod supporting a twenty dollar iPhone arm mount holder. Yeah. Uh, I guess you got the iPhone up there. So what's that? Eight hundred. I don't know. This is your two thousand no. dollar uh, Facebook Live setup, and it looks 
Like if you were gonna but, ask me, but the, I set but, it up. Yeah, it looks like trash. <laughs> well, like the, even just looking at it right now, I hate is, the fact they look, won't let you use the other cameras. Why won't they let you use the other other wider camera? We're not even the same place in the frame. Like you have more room to the side of you than I, I look do. Skinnier, at least. I mean, I'm good with that. And the horizon is not level. That's, you set it up. I tried to set it. I was. I'm using the back camera so that the sign wouldn't be inverted, and it's real hard to do that with this mount. But uh, yeah, we'll have a permanent place for that. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Have you heard? Uh, I I hadn't really heard about this. I had seen. So Joe Rogan's got the new studio, and I saw. Ours isn't going to be that cool. No. Well, I okay. So that's the controversy. I saw pictures of the studio, and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool studio." And then somebody told me, like, hey, everybody hates Joe Rogan's studio. Which, first of all, it's Why? Joe Rogan. So, if you can hate on it all, all you want, but he's making that money. Yes, he is. And he doesn't care. So, but. And we may or may not have had dinner with him a couple times in Utah. May, may have. <laughs> may have. <laughs> may have, indeed. Um, but I thought the studio looked cool. Apparently, a bunch of, you know, how camera people are. Yeah. Uh, they hate the studio for a whole bunch of technical reasons. Well, of but then I went, I went and watched the videos. I kind of see a little is bit of where they're coming from. Is it because from. you can see the support in the frames? Is no, that it has to do with some color temperature, harsh lighting, and uh, a lot of people say it kind of feels claustrophobic just in the framing. Like too busy? Well, the studio is smaller, and so there's just not good separation between subject and background and that kind of stuff. But anyways, there was a lot of controversy surrounding Joe Rogan's People really need something studio. to do. People really there need was something. There was whole YouTube videos, because I went down the rabbit hole because I was had nothing to do. There was whole YouTube videos critiquing the studio and then offering the technical solutions to solve those problems. But to <sighs> which I say, the Joe Rogan experience has always been an audio first experience. Yeah. It's just nice that he videos it too. Speaking of audio first, that Kanye interview was horrible. Oh my. Yeah. We if you guys if you guys want to know how the mind of somebody with ADHD works. I don't even go listen can... to, go listen. Is to that even ADHD bro. though? That's some that's high level ADHD. That's more I don't know, man. That's so bad. Anyway, I digress. That was uh that we was, listened to that on the way back from uh, Illinois the other day, and it was... You couldn't make heads or tails or anything. It was hard to listen to. Let's just say that. Um, next thing I want to talk about is deer season thus far. We are a couple trips, a couple filming trips in. Oh, and if you have questions, get them going, because we're going to answer questions at the end. Um, we I filmed I filmed the early season whitetail in... Well, there's a South Dakota. Then we filmed the mule deer in Montana. I did early season in Wyoming. You did early season in Wyoming with Tanoa Vale. Uh, Clay did early season in South Dakota, Tanoa Vale. Pretty much I'm the only person to kill anything until the end of September. And then you started killing stuff. Um, And then deer season so far is we were in Illinois last week with Greg, and it is on fire or it was starting to be, you know, to get there. Um, I filmed a deer that they want to shoot one evening, just getting footage. And, uh, 
he was fighting, snort wheezing, grunting, checking does, running does. So uh, we got some cool footage. Um, not as much. I mean, the weather was kind of crappy, but we got some good stuff that week. And uh, you leave again tomorrow to go back up there, and it should be epic. Should when be you, killer. It should be epic when you go back. So, uh, yeah, deer season is about to be in full swing. I go to Nebraska next. Clay is in Texas, Texas, Missouri, Iowa for the next four weeks. He's got a long, long run. So, um, yeah, it's about to be full bore. The, the fact that we're sitting here October 28th is pretty crazy. And then I'm going to be here till the 6th, um, which is fine with me. I mean, I still got plenty of editing to do, which, you know, that was our next topic um is well i wanted to talk to you about deer stands <laughs> you're not a huge fan about deer stand you're not a f- huge uh, fan of filming out of deer stands yeah i you've not done it a ton like kind of no. go through your like you've not done it a whole heck of a lot so you're yeah so the first whole outlook on stands is different than mine yeah i i mean the first four four or five years of my career was a lot of spot and stock. Uh, the first time I ever got in a stand was in upstate New York. Um, was it a climber or was it a la- uh, lock-on? Those were all lock-ons. Uh, and it was really cold, and we didn't see a single deer God, for a week. sucks. <laughs> well, that no, sucks. we did. So we saw. So it was the last evening, and we were Mark, sitting there. Mark really should have done a better job of finding some places to hunt he just didn't do a lot of research did he well no he had had good luck at this place i think it was just whenever we came there just wasn't on or something i don't know like (laughs) sounds terrible but we sat there for a week waiting for deers (laughs) and uh last i mean i got some fantastic fall foliage (laughs) Upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, if we ever need, upstate, any, if we ever need uh, yeah. any of that, we need to go back to that drive and be like, we need some serious leaves. Yeah, upstate New York's beautiful. Like if you yeah. if we would have had a deer come in, it would have been gorgeous footage. But the only deer that came in was literally the last five minutes of light on the last evening. And it came in from behind, worked its way up for maybe thirty seconds, stopped licked a branch maybe and then continued on and that's all we got from the whole trip that was the only deer i don't even think i saw any squirrels um well so that was so, your lock-on so, experience though but talk, so you know, yeah your, your so, favorites are climbers well no this is a we're telling stories i'm oh, being creative sorry i'm gotcha. hunting gotcha often gotcha like that yeah <laughs> uh so that was my first experience in stands and Last year, I didn't do a ton. I think I was maybe in a stand, a tree stand, three, maybe four times. Um, a lot of ground blinds last year because I was in Texas a lot. Uh, so this year, I guess, has been really the first time that I've been hunt that I've done a lot of hunting in tree stands, um, and I've done it in lock-ons and now climbers and this past trip to virginia was the first time i had really um been in a climber and i just i have a couple of gripes i think with tree stands the first is that tree arms are way too heavy it's really a pain in the butt to climb up a tree with a 50 pound backpack 
and then you have like a two foot platform that you get to stand on to try to hang something in a tree in the dark quietly but also fast um so that kind of that grinds my gears a little bit i just i don't enjoy doing like i would rather just walk out of the truck with a camera and be done with it um and then there's just just a romance of shooting one out of a tree stand though i i love once i get everything set up have you filmed one out of a tree stand yet yeah the other one with the the one with greg was out of tree stand I haven't filmed one yet. Filmed yeah, no, I have. I filmed a doe getting shot out of, out of a tree stand. Um, With Kip? Yeah, that one was in Texas, though, so maybe not as romantic as, like, the Midwest yeah, well, big woods. Yeah. But it was still pretty. Yeah. Once I get everything set up, love the, love the tree stand. Yeah. You sit there. Oh, yeah, if you can have somebody set it up for you, it'd be great. Now, I don't disagree arm, with you there. The arm is good. It's just all the setup that annoys me a little bit. Um. Now, climbers, I are <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I yeah, I don't like I don't like doing climbers. I don't really like filming out of climbers. Um, and I've tried to do the first time. I tried to do it with the FS7. I've tried to do that maybe two or three times, and I just gave up. I was like, "This is I, there's no good way to maneuver an FS7 inside of the climber. There's just it's yeah. too." The, the bar that goes around the top half of the climber. I'm sure that yeah. one has a specific name. Oh, it's the like seat a, part. It's like a safety like a yeah. safety rail type thing. And the one, I mean, you have to have it in order to actually climb up. Yeah, it's uh, pretty it important. It just gets in the way of filming. And so, like, trying to maneuver a big FS7 around that rail and trying to film over the side and stuff just doesn't work. And so I, I just resorted to using the uh, DSLR, but... They're just sketchy. I hate them. I hate them just because they're. I've had a couple just junky ones, and I don't know. Maybe if I ever sat in a good one, I don't know. I just don't like them. I would almost rather. I told you this at lunch. I would almost. I've never done the tree saddle thing, and I think for filming, I don't know if it would ever work. But if I was given like the choice between a tree saddle and a climber, I might just rather do the tree saddle thing. And try to figure that out with the camera. Because then at least you don't have to screw with the whole climber setup. And you're attached to the tree the whole time. And you don't have like that bar in the way stopping you from filming. And I know we got some guys that do saddle hunting. So I'd be curious if that is a easier avenue than the yeah, climbers. I don't know how I feel about tree saddles. I just don't see. I mean, you can be... I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like you just have to have so much movement in a tree saddle. Like, you just be moving all the time. Because it does, it looks so uncomfortable. It does look uncomfortable. It looks People, so uncomfortable. But I, Which tree stands are uncomfortable, too. But. Well, I ride road bikes, and people always say road bike saddles are uncomfortable. and the, or Seats are called saddles. Uh, <laughs> I just had to clarify that. Why like, well, you got a full saddle on a bike? Um and they're actually not. If you get it fit right and you've got, like, the cycling shorts on, they're really comfortable. But just looking at it, it looks uncomfortable. So I assume it's the same thing with the the tree saddles. Like, I assume well, that you, it looks uncomfortable, but if you get the right one and you fit it right, then it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, crush your nuts. Well, my thing is you sit down in it 
and then you have to hold yourself on a little tiny platform. So you've got that pressure on your legs, but if you let go of the pressure on your legs, then your knees are against the tree. That's how you take the pressure. Like I don't well, get I've it. Seen, I've seen some of them. They have like just a little standing platform. Yeah, but that's not. I don't know. We've never obviously we've never done this, no, so we don't know. So if somebody has, let us know. Oh, I'm sure there's somebody that has, and I'm sure they're going to be like you're either all about some tree saddles or you're not. Yeah. And I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a. Debbie Downer. I'm not a not a not a fan. Um I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I'm anxious for you to get to film a cool Midwestern whitetail out of a tree. You're gonna be in a tree a lot, I think, this next next yeah. run. Um which um I'm kind of the same way. I don't like setting everything up and it takes forever and it's a pain, especially when you do it every morning and every evening, every morning, every evening, every morning, every evening. Um yeah, it almost feel it, it feels like the same when you're on a trip and you're just packing, unpacking. Yeah. That's what I feel like when well, I think about think about the guys that do 13 episodes of nothing but whitetails, and they're in a tree stand 120 days a year. Mm-mm. It's a lot. No sir, it's a lot. Like Jeff Danker and those guys. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> Man, Lord God, God bless them, bless them, Lord. Don't just I don't know. I I mean I like hunting whitetails. Don't get me wrong. But that is a huge... That's a lot of days in a stand. It's a lot of days uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to really you got to really know how to embrace the suck to do that. And uh, I don't... I mean, I can embrace the suck with anybody, but when I have a choice, I'm like... It's actually going to be cold this weekend, and I'm debating on whether I need to get up and go hunting in the morning. It's like, yeah, kind of want to just sleep in. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mean hunt around here? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got that that one spot that I haven't even hunted. I've had it set up mm-hmm. since we and you went over there and tried to pig hunt it that one time. Oh yeah. And that's the only time I've been over there. Haven't been over there back. Haven't been over there since. Oh, so I'm just I need to, I need to do that. Just haven't yet. Speaking of where's that footage on a computer <laughs> on one of those drives in my office. We I dumped I, it. Yeah. Did we like, dump it? Well, nothing happened. Yeah, but we've got everything we need. All I need to get to, all I got to do is get a kill now with that night vision. We've got everything. Kill and a recovery, and we're done. It's got to be on that big lacy drive that you've got. Yeah. I'll look. We'll look later. Anyway, next thing is I want to talk about is editing during deer season or editing during the busy season, like during elk season and during deer season. How much we detest it. And we don't have to do it a whole lot. Ryan and I are having to do a little bit of editing right now. But it's it's just hard to explain how you have to be in a mindset to edit. You have to be in a mood. And you have to kind of, like, I'm one of those guys that likes the mental preparation to go into something. Like, when I know it's editing season, I come into the day knowing, okay, today's going to be a, a grind day where you sit behind the computer and you try and knock out a full segment or two of this show. Okay, well, then the next day you kind of, you're in that groove. But when we're in the middle of the season and we're hunting and we're in between trips, to be able to to go from hunt mode to editing mode, then back to hunt, like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. And it takes me, oh man, I don't know, it takes me two or three days to be able to get there. Like, I can piddle around and get the project set up, but, like, for mm-hmm. me to sit down and do any serious editing, it's really tough for me. Um, and I know that eats into my time and my schedule. I don't know. I just 
I can't flip that switch that way. I think part of it is like, you know, you've been going for 30 days, you're back for two, you're out for two weeks, you're back for three, you're out for another six days, whatever, you know. I mean, you're really only getting two, maybe five or six days generally back home. And so when you get back home after basically working and being on the road for however many days solid, like you don't, that's when your your brain just kind of defaults to, oh, break time. Like, I just want to sit around, I want to sleep in, I want to, uh, you know, I want to go to the brewery, I want to go not do work. Like, I, I don't want to look at a camera, I don't really want to look at my computer, I just want to chill and not do anything. Uh, but when you got edits, you have to come back, and you have to get on the computer, and you have to work, and um, yeah, it just takes, a, takes kind of forcing your brain to do it when you don't really feel... Maybe like doing it. You're not super excited to be in the office editing, um, and you got to switch those gears. And uh, you know, I think they're you got to be kind of excited for an edit. Like you got to be a little bit interested in the edit uh, to really get in the mindset for it. You know, uh, and I think that when you've just been shooting, 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 and you're kind of mentally a little bit worn out from doing that day in and day out i think you're just not that excited to be doing that and mm-hmm. i think it's tough to make your brain want to want to do that yeah it's it's really hard for me to to convince myself okay yeah this is productive you should probably do this mm-hmm. um like what i did today or what i did yesterday and today if I would have been in the right mindset, I could have done it in a day, but it took me two days. You know, is that horrible? Right now, when we have this this kind of this gap, no. But at the end of the day, you're looking at that bottom line. It's like, you know, if I'd have done it in the day, in a day, well, that saves me another day to do something else or to work on the next project. I don't know. It's just really, really tough. Um, and, and you do have to switch gears. I mean, it's almost, um, I don't really know. I don't really know a good analogy for it. You, I mean, because I, I know, I guess the closest, uh, my analogy, which me, would, means nothing to anybody outside of the cycling world, but like if you have been riding on the road all season and then mountain bike season comes along and now you transition to mountain bike, like you have to mentally and physically adapt to the new style of riding. You know, riding on the road is different from riding the mountains, and it takes a different set of skills. It takes your mind kind of operating a different way to really um, be efficient in both of those things. And I think it's the same thing with shooting versus editing. Your brain just works a little different when you're shooting than when you're editing, and you need, like, some time to really let it switch over, to really let it get into the editing mindset, to be thinking in an editing-focused way instead of thinking in a shooting-focused way. Um, and it just takes it takes you, like, forcing yourself to edit for a few days, and then you'll fi- it'll kind of kick into gear, and it'll switch over. But this time of year, you don't get those few days to do that. Yeah. you got to come into the office. you got to sit down. you got to edit. And then by the time your brain is, like, maybe just starting to switch over, boom, you're gone again. 
yeah. and you're gone for another two weeks and you get into shoot mode, then you come back, got to do it again, got to try to get this edit out, and you get a couple of days, and then, boom, you're gone again. Yeah. And so you really don't start to get that ability until, I don't know, the new year. Yeah. The beginning of the new year. And that's kind of, that's almost like what trade show season feels like. Like that's the transition between being on the road and hunting and shooting the whole time. And then you get that like little trade show season and then boom, now you're editing. You know, it's almost like that little, little switch over season. Yeah. Um, what was my last thing? Uh, we got a question from Oh, okay, good. Perfect. Productions. Do do you recommend rigging on DSLR cameras or just a multi-purpose shoe mount looking into the small rig to go with the R5? Um, I know a lot of guys that run um small rigs and different things like that. I've never been a fan of them. And but I've also never ran a ton of them just because I'm kind of a minimalist. I like to have it as I mean cuz everything we're running is super heavy and awkward anyway. I like to have this the rigs as simple and as light and maneuverable as I possibly can. Um but I know if you're if you're gonna be running on sticks or running in a tree stand, it's nice to have a bigger monitor. But uh I don't know. I, I think that's kind of a personal preference. I'm not I'm I'm honestly not the guy to ask 'cause I've not I've not ran one a ton, so I don't know. It might be a a uh might want to reach out to somebody like you know go through some of our followers on Instagram on either Cope Creative or uh, Instagram or uh, a Cope Creative or Redneck Tech and find out some some of the people that are running those. My little girl just walked in. Sorry guys. Um. Anyway, yeah, I would I would ask somebody else. I'm not the person to ask about that. Yeah, I think with the FS7 you don't really need one. Yeah. I mean, it's got that monitor, which I guess is kind of small, but you just get used to it. And when you're running a gun and it's fine and you get the peaking and all that, it's, it works pretty good. So I don't know. Are you going to try to leave the R5 pretty bare bones? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to run it just like I run my Mark IV. Hmm. Pretty simple. I, I mean, unless it calls for something else, which I just don't see it calling for something else. But, uh, we shall see. I'm just I'm just ready to get it. Tired of freaking waiting on it. Um, outlook for the rest of the season is kind of the thing I was going to end on. Is I've got North North Dakota, North uh, North Dakota, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Uh, Ryer, you've got Missouri, Iowa, and Illinois. Bye, Bella. <laughs> Sorry, my little girl's leaving. Um, and then uh. I've got New Mexico with Brock for elk and in no, end of November. What else do we have? A lot more deer, a lot more Greg hunts. Yeah, Illinois, Illinois, Iowa, Missouri. Uh, I think I've got Kansas. Oh, yeah, you got and Kansas. And then um, Texas. 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 The Texas doe hunting massacre. I think that will be that trip again. Um, I'm surprised one of y'all didn't try to take that from me. <laughs> it's, the, the year is still young, buddy. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of killing in there. There's a lot. That's why. 
That's why I think maybe you only get a certain amount of killing allowed per year from God. <laughs> and, and I used it all up in Texas last year, <laughs> all of it up in Texas. And so he's like, nah, yeah, I see you got Texas over there right now. So you're just going to have to hold off. Yeah. Until you get back to Texas. You're into the end of October and you still got a decent little drought, but you got, no, you had a couple elk there. You had three elk. Yeah. Yeah. So three elk in bad. two weeks. Yeah. So that worked out pretty good. Yeah, everybody keeps asking me when I'm going to go hunting for myself. I'm like, I don't know, December maybe. <laughs> if I have time, it's like I don't even. It's not that I don't want to go. Like I do want to go. It's like adding another drive out to Oklahoma. It's like God, I've driven so much this year. I just kind of don't want to drive out there again. And I'm trying to find a good place to hunt out there that's reliable. I don't know. Just tough. Just it's been a long year. We're just not even to November. November's a rough year, rough month. I I can't decide whether it's been long or short. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I I mean, it depends I on when you that. ask me. Because right now it feels pretty pretty short when I'm sitting in the office. But like when I've speaking when of, I've we've got a pretty for, pretty cool little idea for our reel this year that we're gonna try and put together. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we're not we're not giving you any more than that. Don't ask. And also, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good little joke there, I yeah. think. Um, does anybody else have any questions? Los questiones. Nobody responded well, we to the probably, question sticker. We can probably end I guess the, they think that I'm ugly. Maybe so. We can probably uh, we'll end the podcast, and then we'll maybe stay on the live a little bit longer and see if anybody's got any questions. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the update, status update of where we're at right now. It's probably pretty scattered. But, um, yeah. The uh, if somebody knows somebody at Canon that can light a fire under somebody to get our R five, really appreciate that. And uh, that's all I got. That's all, all you I got. got. Deuces. <laughs>